Okay, what do you think about YouTube tags? It's, it's not very, there's so many other aspects of YouTube marketing that are actually gonna move the needle so much more than, than tags. Think of it this way, when, when you go into YouTube studio and you're uploading your video and you're optimizing all the metadata, the description and everything, you, you actually have to click a button see more to open up the additional optimization options beneath. So it's, it's hidden. Why think about that? If you were a YouTube developer, a UI UX developer, why the hell would you hide tags and all those other options beneath that button? And it's because all of those optimizations are not as valuable as everything above mm. that button. Just think about it like logically from that perspective. Yeah, I've, I've experimented a lot with YouTube tags and I don't think they make a difference because there's times where I'm, I put the tags in, video doesn't hit. I put the tags in, the video hits, you know? Like, I think for sure, you don't want to just kind of fill it up. You know, you have like 500 characters of, ha of, of, sorry, of tags. And I know not filling it up is definitely good, but I think if you have the right sequence of tags, maybe, you know, like uh, when we talked about Mark Zuckerberg on Joe Rogan, I use a lot of tags to signify that we're talking about Mark Zuckerberg on Joe Rogan. And, and that was it. And I think that helped, but you know, trying to go in and just, you know, using other kind of keywords to try to rank for them and stuff like that. I don't think it works. Two things, two things. After a video is published within the first 24 hours, YouTube has all the data it needs to know exactly who to serve that video to. And the tags are literally worthless at, worthless at that point. There is one case, there is one case that I, has been presented to me and I'm like, okay, I'll give you that. If you're making a video about a subject and you're trying to rank for a keyword or a search term that is commonly misspelled, you're clearly, you're, you're a content creator. You're not going to use the misspelled version in your title and in your description. You would look pretty funny if you did that, right? But you could put the misspelled version in the tag. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. That would actually make sense to me. Could you put that word in the description? Does that make an impact more or less so than like the tag? You could, but you could understand why a creator would want to avoid that because then they're, they're going to look silly if they're misspelling their keyword in the description. So you, you hide it in the tag where no one would see it. You could just do it like casually if you got a long description. But would you also say on that front that descriptions are more powerful than like tags? Oh yeah, 100%. A description is more, more influential. Specifically the section of the description that's above the fold, the, the first three lines. I can't remember how many characters it is. It's three. It's exactly three lines. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's visible on Google and that's also visible on YouTube. Uh, without. What is the best thing to kind of write in there? Like the, f the framework is it, should you put like a call to action or like, but if I were to optimize that, I would try to kind of draw it in with curiosity, but I have not been trying to optimize descriptions. I thought about going back and we have articles now for all of our videos that go on the webfriendly.com, right? So I thought about just kind of taking the first few sentences from the article, putting it at the top of the description with the link to the article. I think it might help. I haven't done that. That works. But but yeah, I wonder about how effective any of that is. I did notice as well, usually we're putting out a video now. You know, we're at like, you know, 1,200 subscribers. We were at 1,000 before we started the show, okay? So we basically grew by about 250 subscribers since we started the show, right? So if we were, if we would have started at zero, I think we'd be at 250 now. Mm -hmm. And we are on average, we'll get, I think like 50 views would be low for any of our videos. That's like the lowest we're getting, right? But what I noticed was, usually it's like 50, but I looked back, if you look back at all of our older episodes, they're all now like 200. 
So it's taking like a month or two. Like oh, cool. We did a whole episode, uh, you and I, on, you know, when you, we, you did the whole YouTube analysis thing. You look back at that. I think one of those videos has like a thousand views. Oh, really? When we first posted it, it was like nothing. It was like 20, 50. It's evergreen content. The YouTube AI needs time to serve content to audiences and is constantly testing. So now that is a clone that's working for you 24-7, 365, and YouTube is constantly testing, 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 and with each test gets more and more data and slowly but surely understands, ah, that's the viewer avatar that likes this content. And then, and then not every case, but in some cases, a video will blow up like a year after it was posted or two years after it was posted. I've seen that plenty of times. Okay, so now that you've gotten a taste of the power that YouTube marketing will bring you and your business, now you realize you gotta get started. But where do you get started? Let alone scaling a YouTube channel, how do we even just start a YouTube channel? So that's why you gotta go to yt4business.com, find the link below. It's an entire A to Z program that will take you every step of the way. We'll see you there.